Fantasy Focus Football. It is Thursday, September 14th. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Field Yates. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save Field. How you doing today, bud? I am doing great. It's Thursday, which means we get football again. That's and that's right, the best do. part about the regular season is that we wait, what is it, seven months yep. during the offseason for football. And I actually consider it more like eight and a half because while I love the NFL playoffs, a full Sunday slate is just so different than the conference championship games when you only have two games and the Super Bowl, which you have one game in two weeks. Then you get to the season. And you're like, you wake up this morning, you're like, holy crap, there's football again tonight. Yes. Like, I, I, I had to make sure I had all my lineup set. You should do the same because Absolutely. we have Eagles and Vikings, which we will be previewing in just a matter of moments. We don't have to go more than two days now until, what, the end of December? Every two days we're going to get football, right? Monday night football is over, so you have Tuesday, Wednesday, back on Thursday. Right. Then you got Friday, Saturday, Saturday yeah. and you're back on Sunday, assuming you don't even watch college football. Which you I should be. a lot of people are watching uh, college football. It's not a great <laughs> slate for week three. Or week, yeah, it's week three for, I'm sorry, week four for college football. No, I always three. get confused yeah, because they have that ahead, stupid right? week zero, yeah, right? What is so that? whatever. It's like it a red the, shirt week. Is that yes, what that it's is? a red shirt week. <laughs> <laughs> it's the third week that most teams are playing college football yeah. this weekend. The fourth weekend that we have technically had college football. Not a great slate. That being said, uh, Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes playing host to college game day this weekend. That alone makes me think this could be a must see game against Colorado State, their in state rival. I feel like even if you don't don't like Deion Sanders, you've got to tune in just to this is much it is appointment viewing at this point. Totally. Right they got they have a couple of legit NFL players on that roster. Of course, their quarterback Shadur Sanders, who is draft eligible this year, will be a part of that conversation mm-hmm. if he decides to declare for the twenty twenty four NFL draft. We'll be talking about him fantasy in a very short period of time. All right, feel like you said we are going to preview our Thursday night football game. Yes. We got a bunch of rankings. It's almost like, here's the deal. Fridays okay. are such a beefy show field. Yeah. When we talk about rankings, not only on Wednesday, but especially today on Thursday, today's kind of like a little mini primer of our preview for tomorrow. Right, it's like a preview to the preview. Last year we did Thursday game previews. This year, sort of a hybrid of like game previews plus topic previews. Right. I feel like today is... There will be more important burning questions tomorrow, but those require a bit more context, like one more day worth of practice to see whether guys are available or guys miss another practice, injury-related stuff. But today we'll do our best to dive in on some important topics on Thursday. So get yourself a little bit ready today and then tune back in tomorrow for the full preview of the week two slate, a reminder that we know that not everybody, I mean, almost everybody, but not everybody listens to every show. Right. So some of the stuff that we talk about from one day to the other could be things you've already heard before, but they're that important that we wanted to give them plenty of opportunities to be talked about during the week. Totally. And we're going to dive into the Thursday night football. Like we said, a bunch of these rankings, but first field, I want to ask you a question. Okay. This has nothing to do with football. Oh, yesterday, Rosie and I were hanging out at the house. Okay. Playing some music. And uh, as a part of playing music, we're actually like playing, playing music. Oops, like you are like over. guitar. Physically playing music. Yeah. So Rosie, a what little bit ago, what started. Play? You play everything. I what played, were you playing in this case? I was, I was playing piano here okay. in this case. Oh, wow. Um, and she was 
playing ukulele. A shout out to my dude. This is one of my favorite things. Okay. I, uh, Sweetwater is a place where I get all my musical instruments from. Okay. I uh, love those guys. I got a buddy named Anthony Giraldi that works over there that hooks me up. So like Anthony set yeah. us up with you. Uh, Rosie wanted to be able to get a, a ukulele. Okay. Got one. Okay. The song that she was practicing yesterday okay. on ukulele. Um, somewhere over the rainbow. No, nope. That was close. You might think maybe like a Taylor Swift song, maybe something. I don't know. I was like, thinking something that's sort of like you know Pacific Islander vibes. How about "Welcome to the Black Parade" by My Chemical Romance? You know something, Daniel? I didn't have that one on my bingo card. Uh, that would have been the. I mean, that would have been probably like the last song I would have guessed on a ukulele. I, here's the. How thing. did it sound? It's the cutest thing in the world. Really? I texted you this morning. I was like, "Do you know this song?" Because I didn't want to assume that you knew. Yeah, like, like My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Other than like the Coco Melon theme song, I know like four <laughs> other songs. <laughs> So I, uh, this happens to be one of the four. So it was just su- super cute. If you've never like listened to a ukulele version of what is a very old emo song that yeah. is super fun. Like it was just the most fun in the world. It made us talk about when you listen to music. Yeah. Do you send music to friends because you're like, dude, you got to check this out. This song is a banger. Listen to this. Are you like, guys, these lyrics just crushed me. Like which one, when there's no wrong way to listen to music, okay. when you listen to it. Which way do you listen to music? Does the music get you first or do you get all pumped up because of the lyrics? Um, I, I, I don't know if my answer is either of those things. Here's Uh-oh. what I'm guilty of. Okay. And I'm the worst. I have like zero musical range whatsoever. I love listening to you sing. I pretty much fine. Yeah. You well, come in I, and you're I so can't pumped. do it on this show because I think we'd have to pay somebody a lot of money. <laughs> but um, I pretty much listen to one song like a thousand times in a row. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, it's not good anymore. Now I'm over it. Right. So that's like, I'm the worst when it comes to music. Again, okay. Coco Melon theme song. Right there. All in. Couple of the the Miss Rachel jingles for those that shout out the goat Miss Rachel. Um, Besides that, pretty limited music range. You think Travis Kelsey likes Taylor Swift because of her music or lyrics or because of maybe everything? Yes. The rumors, the rumors right there are 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 starting to become a little stronger and stronger by the day. Quietly hanging out. We're talking about it on this show. That's how quiet their hangouts are. We will have to talk about that more if it becomes verified and legitimate. We'll have to talk about what that means for Travis Kelsey's fantasy value because. Just when I thought, when he's healthy, he couldn't have any more fantasy value. Dating Taylor Swift, if that's real. Hey, now. We might have to reclassify him as a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight. He might be the best at every position. As if Travis Kelsey did not have enough championships under his belt as a <laughs> Super Bowl champion. How about going out to uh, trophysmack.com? What get a, a professional segue. Throw a, that's right. Get a little belt here for your fantasy team. Okay. Hashtag focus belt. Not hashtag. Excuse me. Use the code focus belt with that. All right. Let's dive into our news today. Field, we got two quick things. Yep. We're going to be quick on because we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Okay. First one is Raheem Mostert did not practice yesterday. Yes. I was surprised about yeah. that. God. Did not see a lot from the Dolphins running backs in week one. Him being banged up heading into week two. Want to hear more from Stefania tomorrow. Doesn't give me good good vibes, though. Okay, so here's the good news. Uh, subsequent reporting after the Dolphins injury report basically said this is just a maintenance day. Oh, okay, great. That and, and I know that there are a lot of people that are like, oh, what do you know? Raheem Mostert hurt again because he has had uh, an injury history, both in his time in San Francisco and then more recently in Miami as well. But it sounds like a, a rest day for him. He's still primed for a pretty darn good role. I've got him as a top 25 play this week against the Patriots. They'll have to run the ball. Well, I think they will run the ball a little bit more. I don't think this Sunday night's going to be as much of a track meet as last Sunday was for the Dolphins because A, yep. Patriots defense I think is better than the Chargers and B, their offense is not as good as the Chargers. This feels like more of a a slightly lower scoring game than that 
70 point affair we saw sure. in LA in week one. Speaking of the Chargers, Austin Eckler, another guy that has had an ankle injury banged yeah. up at practice. Interested to see what happens here and what Stefania has to say. Something to keep in mind. He officially did not practice on Wednesday. It was both because of the ankle and then yeah. actually like really sad news. Really uh, sad Austin news. Eckler's agent passed away recently. Uh, had a battle with cancer, 38 years old. That one hits you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Uh, he had an agent who worked at an agency that was a little smaller. That is a little smaller. It's not like he was one of, you know, 500 clients in the NFL that this agent had. So I got to imagine this is a pretty strong bond he had with his agent who, of course, helped him this offseason when they were trying to figure out whether he would get traded or whether he would stay with the Chargers on an amended contract. So uh, if we see Austin Eckler uh, on Sunday, it sounds like he'll be playing a bit with a bit of a heavy heart, if yeah. you will. So uh, really uh, difficult and unfortunate news really there tough one. Uh, for his agent, Cameron Weiss. All right. We will keep up on that one and have more with you with that tomorrow field. Let's talk about Thursday Night Let's Football. Let's do it. Yep. Thursday Night Football. Lineup locks for okay. this Thursday Night Football game. Vikings got? and Eagles. Yeah. I'm thinking you got Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing on that one. Alexander Madison. Uh, yes, I will agree on that one, although we it's can talk about it. I think we there are people that are a little more, people that were not super enthused uh, by the week one output. Color for, me is one of them. He was fine. I mean, he was fine, but I, I wanted a little bit more from that. I think TJ Hawkinson is a lineup block here. And yeah. then you look at the other side of the football, you're talking Jalen Hurts right. and the two wide receivers, AJ yes. Brown and Devonta Smith. Yes. Agreed all the way around there. Um, I think that there are, and I'll just say this on Alexander Madison is that you're right. Like it wasn't a monster day for him. He did find the end zone, but what was the billing on Alexander Madison for the season? Should lead the Vikings in running back opportunities by a healthy margin. Yep. A very good offense with enough pass catching acumen to be a factor in the passing game as well. And that's what he did, that's right? What he, did. he was clearly their starting running back. Yep. We saw a little bit of Ty Chandler, but not nearly enough to make you nervous. Only four touches to Madison's 14. Yeah, so 14 to four. You want that number to be more like 17 or 18 for yeah. Madison, but we always talk about like if a guy can get 15 to 20 opportunities, he got 14. So we're yeah. not that far off. So I actually thought it was fine for Madison given the preseason expectations. If it was like he wasn't being drafted as a top 12 running back, he was being drafted as like a top 20 running back. Yeah. I think the question here for me, if you have Kirk Cousins, mm. and I don't know if you drafted Kirk Cousins yeah. field, you probably drafted him either as a very, you just punted at the quarterback position. I can't imagine you grab Kirk Cousins as a, as a QB2 unless you're in a two-quarterback league, really. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, we, we've uh, had this conversation quite a bit recently about, like, at what point are the players that we're talking about at quarterback not the guys that someone drafted as their obvious starter coming into the season? Yep. And the idea that so many people drafted two quarterbacks this year, even more so than at least I can recall anecdotally in their leagues. But I think Cousins is sort of a fine fringe quarterback one. Let's talk about a couple of things here for Kirk Cousins. Uh, this team's going to throw the ball a lot because I think this team is still bad enough on defense. They were fine in week one, but the... Uh, Bucks are not quite the same challenge as I think the Eagles offense That's is fair. right. Yep. Um, but second is that um, this Eagles defense in week one did not look quite as dominant as the Eagles defense did last year. No, uh, I, let me check the number here. Uh, it was either one or two total sacks from the Eagles in week one against the Patriots. A year after they obviously led the NFL in sacks. One of the great pass rushing teams of all time Added last season. Jalen yeah. Carter, a defensive tackle yeah. in the draft. And, and he was tremendous. And they got a ton of pressures. But sacks are obviously a different different uh, statistic for yep. a reason here. But um, this Eagles defense through one week 
looks a little more uh, reasonable to throw against yeah. than it did last year when it felt like kind of a, you know, like this impenetrable force. Not only that, James Bradbury, excellent cornerback for the Eagles. He's out tonight. Nicobe Dean, linebacker for the Eagles, stepped into a starting role after they lost multiple starters in free agency. Yep. He's on IR. He's out for four weeks. So two key elements for the Philadelphia defense out tonight. Good enough reasons for me to feel like Cousins is a borderline top 10 quarterback. I've got him as quarterback 11. I feel like the detractors are going to point out the fact that he seems to always struggle in prime time. I don't give a crap about that kind of stuff, Daniel. Like that's a much more of a real life thing than it is a fantasy thing in my estimation. I think he'll be fine tonight against Philadelphia in a game that quietly feels like close to a must win for Minnesota. Absolutely. Especially starting out. zero and one. Here's the thing. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles, Mm. Off, especially their offense, did not look like what we expect it to look like here in week two okay. and week one against the Patriots. Yep. I assume they're going to score a lot more points. And as a part of that, because this Viking defense, I don't think is as good as the Patriots defense. Agreed. Cousins, and this offense is going to have to keep up. Like, yeah. I think we're going to see more of the Eagles offense that we were used to seeing this week. So okay. obviously no panic for us on the Eagles from that standpoint. But if they are having to keep up, it's not just just Justin Jefferson. It's not just TJ Hawkinson. It's the idea that Jordan Addison, who got in the end zone in yeah. week one field, Jates, is a potential flex play here for us in week one. Week one told you so. Oh, sorry, week two. Week one told you so. You Touchdown did. for Jordan Addison. You there. did. Uh, sorry about that one. Um, I got his wide receiver 37 this week. And so reasons for optimism. You talked about the fact that this could be a positive game script for throwing the football uh, tonight. A couple other things here. Uh, we mentioned James Bradbury. Yep. He's out. We think there's a chance that if last year is any indication, Darius Slay will guard and shadow Justin Jefferson. That means that the next best corner for Philadelphia will pay attention to either Addison or KJ Osborne. Yep. The bottom line is this, that next best corner, which if it's in the slot, it's Avante Maddox. If it's not more TBD, uh, it's not James Bradbury. Nope. Right. It's not the guy who's (laughs) making $16 million a year. So stock up there for Jordan Addison. I will say this though, while I was thrilled by the performance and he was awesome four catches, 61 yards, found the, found the end zone, highest scoring rookie wide receiver in week one, not named Puka Nakua, of course, uh, was Jordan Addison. He played 56% of the snaps in week one. KJ Osborne played 91% of the snaps. That's a lot more. It is. And so I actually think that Osborne is the sneaky play here tonight if you're desperate in a deep league. Now, most people aren't willing to, if you're desperate because you're concerned about injuries elsewhere in your lineup, are not going to make that play right now on Thursday night football, they'd rather string it along and buy some time on players like Jacoby Myers who are uncertain for week two on Sunday. But if you're really, really hamstrung and you are feeling not good about your flex options in a deeper league, you could definitely do a whole lot worse there than KJ Osborne. I would not be surprised if he has five catches or a touchdown tonight. And I want to say this, we are talking because I said it too. Addison and and Osborne are potential deeper flexes for us, right? But on Thursday night football field, you do not want to actually play them in your flex position. You actually want them to be in your wide receiver spot to give you more flexibility for later in the week. I think people, hopefully they get that. I'm sure much of our audience does. But for those that are a little bit greener to fantasy football, right? We don't want to be dismissive of like, we hope that there are a lot of people that are just getting started here on fantasy football that want to listen to our show. But the reason why you do that, as Daniel mentioned, is let's just say that you're planning on quote unquote flexing Jordan Addison. You throw him in the wide receiver spot because that leaves an extra flex spot that just in case, and I'm just, I don't, I don't want to wish this on anybody, but your normal starting wide receiver twists his ankle at practice today 
and the only option you have on your bench that you think is serviceable is an extra running back, well, you can't put that running back into your wide receiver spot. Bingo. You can put that player running back into your flex spot. So uh, just a heads up for those that haven't really dealt with that Thursday night dynamic before. Yep, that's an always Thursday night game. All right, let's talk about these Eagles running backs field. Okay, I have rip. Yep. almost no interest in starting any of them because I don't know how to feel about any of them. Kenny Gainwell was the guy that has the yeah. buzz. Yeah, he was the one that had the buzz coming yep. into this week. So, so knowing that, are you trusting any of these other guys? If Gainwell had played, I would have had him as a like a fringe top 20 option at running back. I would okay. have said it felt like the kind of guy that, you know, doesn't have nearly the upside as the guys that are must starts, but also has enough of a workload and a good offense that pretty darn good option for you. He's out. Here's what I said. I was talking about this with Scott Clark, one of our bosses here at ESPN Fantasy this morning. And I said, here's the deal. Someone's going to guess on this Eagles. If, if you are playing an Eagles running back tonight, yep. if you're saying, hey, I, it's going to be DeAndre Swift, I'm totally convinced of it. Hey, I'm totally convinced that Rashad Penny is going to be active tonight and he'll take over the role that Penny played last week. Or, hey, Boston Scott does weird stuff. I'm going to start him because I know he's going to do some weird stuff tonight. Someone's going to be right. You're going to be rewarded for your audacity. Uh-huh. In a perfect world, I would choose to go a different direction. The confidence you just said with those statements, I don't have confidence in. And you're like, I know this is going to happen. Nobody should no have that knows. confidence. I'm in not Eagles sure. I mean, backs. Nick Sirianni, their head coach, has no reason to commit to a back going into no. the game publicly. And as a matter of fact, it might be one where he's going to feel it out based off how the game is going. Obviously, I think all three of those guys will be active. Obviously, I think that all three of those guys will play a role. But... Gamewell had four catches last week. I don't think Rashad Penny is getting those. He might get 12 carries tonight. DeAndre Swift was sort of a third down player last week. I think he'll play a few more snaps. Bottom line is that if you can, I would try to avoid this backfield. Someone might emerge tonight. And if after tonight, DeAndre Swift has 18 total touches and uh, he seems like he's clearly the guy, Obviously, I reevaluate going into week three. I just think there are enough options elsewhere because nobody relied on any of those three guys in week one that I think you have a better option somewhere else. Agreed. That brings you a whole lot less risk than this Eagles backfield. I I am totally with you on that. And because we're here in week two, there's not any buys. You would think there's plenty of running backs on your roster that you could trust. You have a little bit more confidence in speaking of confidence field. Yeah. Dallas Goddard, zero fantasy points last week. This is still a situation, though. Like, throw week one away. Yeah, it sucked. I don't mm-hmm. know what to say about it. Is it going to be one of those games we look back at the box score at the end of the year and it's like, you remember that goose egg? That was tough. Dallas Goddard is still one of the 10 best fantasy tight ends in the game. Yeah, I mean, what Period. are you going to do here, Daniel? You like, what's your him. option? Who are you going to start instead? Like, can you name the backup tight end that was available on waivers this week that you're saying to yourself, I'm going to start him? I'm not guaranteeing you that Dallas Goddard is going to outscore Luke Musgrave as an example this week. I'm just saying that we have a four or five year sample size of Dallas Goddard being a really freaking good player for the yes. Eagles. And remember last year, what happened in week one with Devonte Smith? Uh-huh. Zero catches for the Eagles. Remember what happened? He the rest went on of to year? have a yeah. massive year. Exactly. Like week one is the ultimate game of chicken in some ways for fantasy managers going into week two. I think Goddard bounces back. Even if it's on a blow-up game tonight, I'm still trusting him as a tight end one the rest of the season, especially with all the uncertainty. Obviously, we think Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are going to play this week oh, yeah. and Darren Waller, but it has not been a roaring start here for tight end so far, Daniel. No, it has football. not. I have not been thrilled with it. You know, everybody that basically started Tyler Higby and Isaiah Likely last week thinking they were finding a tight end that they could Correct. start. Like, that just did not work out. We all felt bad afterwards. Totally. It's. I mean, it's like, who do you feel like 
going into week one amongst tight ends totally met their expectations based off how you drafted them coming into the season? I don't think anyone really met expectations. People exceeded, yeah, and or, people or, did not, exactly. right? But like, let's just go to the scoring leaders from week one to see which tight ends were about in line. I can't find the freaking score. Yeah, there. Okay, I'm sorry. That You're like, yeah, that's about what I expected from them coming into the season, okay? Did you have, going back to week one here, sorry, do, 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 uh, Hunter Henry, tight end one, 16.6. Didn't have that. Hayden Hurst, tight end two. Okay, here's the answer. The answer is TJ Hawkinson as tight end three. Hit 11.5 fantasy points, Daniel. So while tight end three part is good, it's not like this was something that we expected out of him to be, you know, I, I think you would be hoping like tight end three finish. Oh, he probably got me 15 or 14 points. Who do you think? Oh my gosh. Look at the rest this of the top 10. It's gross. Please hilarious. Read it. Please read okay. it for our listeners. Top 10 tight ends in week one <laughs> based off total points scored. You ready for this? Bam. Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, TJ Hawkinson, Donald Parham, four. Evan Ingram, Cole Komet, Blake Bell, Sam Laporta, Seven. and Harrison Bryant. That's eight. Harrison Bryant. Adam Troutman is nine. Logan Thomas is 10. Oh my gosh. How gross is the tight end position field? It's so gross. Please come back, Mr. Taylor Swift, yes. as soon as this week. All right. That's why we're going to have Dallas Goddard in our lineups yeah. this week. All right. Let's move ahead and talk about these other week two questions that we've yes. got. Field yep. Yep. Let's we're going to talk about a bunch of quarterbacks here. Yep. I want to set the table. Yep. One of the things I want to try and do is meet our fantasy listeners where they are at. And okay. quarterbacks, I think is a tough thing because sometimes with the people we're talking about, we're yeah. trying to decipher, did you draft them as your starting quarterback? Yep. Or is this a guy that you waited and grabbed as maybe your second QB? Cause we've seen a lot more teams drafting second quarterbacks. Yes. We're talking about Anthony Richardson. Okay. So when talking about Anthony Richardson, do you think that Anthony Richardson was drafted by most people to be a starting quarterback in their fantasy leagues? Or do you think that he was drafted as a backup? I have three leagues with Anthony Richardson. I'm playing in 12 leagues this year, by the way. I think okay. that's probably a worthwhile thing to imagine, uh, to, to establish for people. I mean, it actually is like kind of average for where I've been for in prior been, years. Yeah. Um, now, people look at me like I have several heads or people look at me like I have no life. Yes, definitely. And <laughs> there are elements of that that are truth. Um, but 12 total leagues this year. I've got Richardson in three of them. Here are the circumstances under which I drafted him. One, I had the first overall pick. I'm sorry. I had I had made the first quarterback pick. That was Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Two, I made the second quarterback pick. Also Patrick Mahomes. Okay. He's my backup in both of those cases. Okay. Third, I'm playing in a, a salary cap league, and he went for a meager $4 out of a $200 budget because most of the league had already kind of loaded up elsewhere at quarterback and it's a six-point per passing touchdown. So... In two of those leagues, and one of those leagues with Mahomes, no, I'm sorry, two of those with Mahomes, I'm like, whatever, I'm out, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm starting Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's awesome, right? The other one, though, I do have him in is Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert, for me, is like a question mark. It's a, it's a coin flip of sorts in week two, vis-a-vis Anthony Richardson, right? Richardson, obviously, a superior runner who had 10 points with his legs last week. Meanwhile, Herbert and the Chargers, obviously Herbert's an amazing thrower of the football. Like, I'm not concerned about that part whatsoever, but they draw a Titans team that was obviously stingier against the run in the past, but that Titans defense can beat the crap out of you up front. So it's a conversation. It is. But I'm sticking with Anthony Richardson. So I have him as a guy that if you drafted, usually as a deeper league, because I'm in with you in a lot of those same spots, right? If I drafted Anthony Richardson, a lot of times it's because I grabbed a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, and yep. he is my QB2 or a 16-team quarterback where I just want to have depth. Yeah. If you drafted him 
in a 16-team league as your only quarterback or a 12-team league where yeah. you were just like, I'm punting at the position. Can you start Anthony Richardson this week after one week of seeing him play football? He's your only quarterback, he, you said? He is your only quarterback in a 16- totally. or 12-team yeah, league. Yeah, totally. I've got him as quarterback 10 this week. Excuse me, quarterback. Yeah, quarterback 10 this week. So he's unquestionably a startable quarterback if, you, if you're in a 16-team league. If you are one of those people like me that is in the circumstance of having drafted multiple quarterbacks, I think it's coming down close to a coin flip Agreed. or a continue to sit because like I just thought it was a fun lottery ticket to take, even with Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. What I'm hopeful for in both of those leagues is Richardson continues to play really well and somebody says, crap, I want this year's Justin Fields. I'm willing to trade somebody or or if he gets hot enough and proves it, and my team is not sort of carrying its weight in other spots, I could parlay Patrick Mahomes into a legitimate player at wide receiver yes. or running back. That's what I was going to say. I think people might actually be more interested in trading for what they view as the more known commodity. Yeah. And if Anthony Richardson really does start doing those things, it wouldn't be crazy to think that you could get a boatload for those other quarterbacks that you have. I think it's really interesting. If you drafted Anthony Richardson as your starter, you could use him again this week. But if he was your QB two, I think we would keep rolling with the guy that you originally drafted as your quarterback. Yep. All right, let's talk about Tua. Same kind of conversation. I feel like if you drafted Tua, you likely either punted or waited at the quarterback position and didn't get the guy you want. Yep. I don't really view him as a QB two kind of a guy. I don't think a lot of people went out and grabbed him. If like you grab Patrick Mahomes, I don't, I would have, he's just wasn't a guy I wanted to grab as a upside QB two. That's what Richardson was for. Play to win the game. Play to win the game, and you want upside, right? Yep. And that's what Tua presents with his arm. No doubt, it's a much more daunting Just matchup. Just not with his legs at all. And, and Mike is obvious. Mike is like a, it's like an angel devil thing on your shoulders, right? It's like the angel in me is saying the guy was quarterback one last week. He threw for 466 yards. He's an absolute stud. He's got the best wide receiver, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. How could you not? Want to start Tua? The devil is Mike when he's like, well, you know, he did have spike games last year, and then we saw, you know, fewer of those as the season wore on. Yep. I get it. Fantasy football, though, you play to win and you play with your heart and your emotions sometimes. I consider Tua a lineup lock as quarterback seven. I totally agree with you. In, in spite of the fact that these Patriots held what was a Jalen Hurts led offense to just 12 and a half fantasy points for Hurts in week one, which yep. is really tough. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots defense is legit. They're legit. No doubt. Yep. All right, I've got him as quarterback seven, though. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Would yep. you consider benching Deshaun Watson this week after what we saw in week one? And that's that's kind of a tough question because you and I both talk about <laughs> the weather impacted this game in a pretty substantial way. Both yeah. Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow were bottom five in completion percentage and off-target percentage. I don't think that's a thing that's a them stat. I think week one was really tough with the amount of rain that they got yes, there. Yes, it's a good stat, though. It was a good stat because uh, that that weather did suck there. It really um, did. Do you think at that point Deshaun Watson is worth starting still, or would you want to look elsewhere? So I've got him as quarterback 14, and I think that if you drafted Deshaun Watson, you probably question. did so as your quarterback one, right? Yeah. He probably was not your second quarterback. I'm fine with starting him in week one. I'm sorry, in week two. What you liked was the fact that he scored with his legs. He's still an awesome athlete. He had five rushing attempts for 45 yards and a touchdown. This will be an interesting test, though, on Monday night. Not just because of the Steelers, who I always expect to play him, play him tough, but also because the passing efficiency was once again poor. I have not looked at the weather for Monday night. I am hoping that on a Monday night in the middle of September, it's not going to be crappy weather wherever this really game is. Where's this yes. game being played? I don't even know. Um, That's a great question. I should in, know this. In Pittsburgh. Okay, back-to-back -back home games for the Steelers. They better win on Monday night. Seriously. If they go 0-2 playing two games, oh, that would be bad. But um, we have yet to see a game 
where Deshaun Watson as a Cleveland Brown looks like the old Deshaun Watson as a passer. If we get that, all of a sudden we'll be saying stock up as a fantasy player. If we don't, he might get you enough through his legs, but we will start to have that conversation about Deshaun Watson more and more and more. It's his birthday today, so you imagine he is, what, he's like 28 years old. Like, I just can't imagine a guy falling off so precipitously, even after playing so little football for nearly two full seasons, that he would become a guy who was leading the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns to a guy who I'm asking whether he can put up like 250 passing yards in one game. It is crazy. I've got him as quarterback 14, though, for the week. All right, let's talk about Daniel Jones. Yeah. This one is the ultimate emotional hedge. If you drafted Daniel Jones as your starting quarterback, you waited and you were like, you know what? I'm a Daniel Jones truther. I think he's going to be legit this year. Yep. You watched him get rocked on Sunday night football Mm. against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. He scored Field Yates four and a half fantasy points. That seems bad, Daniel. It's the ultimate test of your patience here, though, because Daniel Jones might be a quarterback where if you drafted him as your quarterback one, you bounced back later in the draft and said, I'm going to take an Anthony Richardson flyer or a Jared Goff flyer. Reasonable options to start over Daniel Jones. Here's what you did like, though, from week one. Nothing except for the fact that it ran 13 okay, times. Thank you. Thank you right? for saying like nothing. 13 times. He, he likes nothing. What a yes. pathetic performance, obviously. From but 13 them, right? carries, yes. I'm totally yes. with you on that. Um, 13 carries is good. And you, you are trusting in Brian Dayball mm-hmm. and a few things also. I'm not trying to take the Giants off the hook entirely. Okay? Um, you, you, your performance is your performance. And you know ultimately, you get 18 opportunities to be judged in the NFL, 17 opportunities to be judged. And you got to make them count. How often is a team, though, going to have a blocked field goal? Like that first drive of the game on Sunday night, Yeah, you're like, man, like the Giants really are that well coached and Daniel Jones is that much of an improved player. That game flew off the rails in a hurry on Sunday night. Blocked field goal turns into a touchdown. They have the pick by was it Stephon Gilmore, I think it was. Daniel Jones' erratic decision to throw it. Yep. And all of a sudden... They just they continue to tumble down the stairs as opposed to picking themselves back up and putting on a respectable performance. Um, that's not going to happen this week, in my opinion. No, this Cardinals team was frisky against the Commanders. Um, I think the Giants make the Cardinals look more like what we expected them to look like coming into the season. I think Daniel Jones bounces back. I've got him as quarterback twelve. I do want to know that Darren Waller is going to be healthy for this game. That's the thing I know he's been dealing. Doesn't matter with. for me. Doesn't matter for you. Doesn't matter. No, because it's for Daniel Jones to be what I think he can be. It's going to be because he once again has double digit carries and throws for 215 or so yards with a touchdown or two and zero interceptions. I want to neutralize the turnovers, increase the rushing and just be what he was last last year. I'm fine with that. I think that's part of it. So I hear what you're saying. Part of the reason why I drafted Daniel Jones, if I did draft him in the leagues that I did was because of Darren Waller being there and thinking, like you said, I'm going to keep getting that same rushing that we saw last year, but I thought that we would get a little bit more passing game usage here. And so I need with Waller, to, you mean with Waller specifically. And, and yeah. he's just clear far and away. Like the I'm tossing best that game out. Okay. And that's fine. You want to toss it out. Then it's like, okay, this is a, it's kind of like a gut check conversation then for you it here is, in yeah. fantasy. You're going to now, start him or not? Now, let me say something right now. Oh, I have zero Daniel Jones exposure this year. Zero. So sometimes, and, and there are very few players 
amongst running backs and wide receivers that I have zero exposure to because, you know, you obviously carry multiple Especially of them, leagues, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but a quarterback and tight end, it's actually plausible that you could have fewer of them, right? Like I've got enough Travis Kelsey exposure. Like I've got three Travis Kelsey teams, right? I've got three Patrick Mahomes teams. Like all of a sudden it's like, okay, that leaves you nine and you just do the math. And like, I have a couple of Mark Andrews teams, right? And a couple of Lamar Jackson teams. Yep. Anyways, um, at running back and wide receiver, it's hard to find a player I don't have some exposure to. I have no Daniel Jones exposure this year. And so I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Because I by think by design? Did you do no, that on purpose? Not no? by design. But what I think it allows you to do when you don't have a player is when things are going poorly, it allows you to be level-headed enough to think back to what went right and can that happen again. Mm-hmm. When things are going so well for that player, it allows you to say to yourself like, there's no way this can keep up, right? Because you, you have bad FOMO, right? You know, like if Daniel Jones is, you know, five straight weeks of being a, you know, a 25 plus point score, I'll be saying to myself, yeah, you know, but like he's still Daniel Jones. Like he's bound to have that screw up game. Meanwhile, one game into the tank, like he was this past weekend, I'm like, hold on guys. Daniel Jones showed last year. He cannot turn the football over a lot, and he doesn't need to throw for 350 yards. He doesn't need a wide receiver or tight end one to be an effective fantasy starter. I'm counting on him bouncing back in week two. All right. Do you think so or no? I want him to bounce back. The you do I think so? This is like a confidence check. Let's do it. It's a low confidence check for me. Board betting? Sure, let's do it. I mean, here's where do I where do I have Daniel Jones? You have him ranked one. You have him ranked. I'm ranked ahead of you. Yeah. So you choose. You don't have to board bet. I just you know what? Board bets are fun for me. I don't. I don't look at them as like you, you know this. Um, QB we're not 11? jousting. Yeah. You want to do that? You want to just top eleven quarterback? Top eleven quarterback. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I say Daniel Jones is a top eleven quarterback here in week Wait, two. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, because you're the one that's low. I know. We should I know. really switch. Can we switch anyways? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, All fine. Right. I think, and I'll switch my rankings later on. I, I you think don't have Daniel to. No, Jones it's fine. Is a is outside the top eleven at quarterback in week two. And I said Daniel Jones is inside the top eleven amongst quarterbacks in week two. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. Hey, yo. All um, right, there we go. I, I got a good feeling on that one. I, I don't know which way to feel because I did the opposite of what it is that I even ranked him as. You know what, though? That's fantasy football yeah. sometimes. Yeah. That's how yeah. it works. All right, we're going to pay some bills here and talk some more rankings questions in a minute. But first, Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I would love it. Of course you would. And when yeah. it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV, even help with your homeowners or renters coverage. Yep. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is a super easy choice. Switch today. See all the ways that you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Hey, college football fans. I'm going to let you in on a little secret that will help you win game days this season. Eckridge Smoked Sausage. Mm. You're probably asking yourself... Daniel, could it be that easy? Absolutely it is. Eckert's Smoked Sausage is crafted with a perfect medley of spices for a truly rich, savory taste. They're delicious all by themselves or in any recipe you can dream up. If the word recipe sounds like a lot of work, don't worry. Visit Eckrich.com for dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes, making your tailgating prep a stress-free event. So there you go. Eckridge Smoked Sausage is the secret to winning game days. You can thank me later. Visit Eckridge.com for more. And that's E-C-K-R-I-C-H.com. E-C-K, like Dennis Eckersley. Oh. Rich, like Stefania.com. Hey. All right, football is back. Catch every pass, every tackle, and every heart-pounding play live and in-person thanks to our go-to ticket source, Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats delivers great deals on great seats, and they have your back with their 100% buyer guarantee. 
Vivid Seats is the official ticketing partner of ESPN. It is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code FFF. That's code FFF. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. All right, making our way through the biggest ranking questions for week two, Fields Yates. Yes, yep, In week it. one, Jordan Love was a top three quarterback. There is a question mark as to whether or not Romeo Dobbs will play here. We did not have Christian Watson in week one. think he will be here in week two. If there is no Christian, sorry, if there is a Christian Watson, yes. which we are expecting and someone that we would start, would you also still start Romeo Dobbs after what his week one was? I would not. I have him outside my top 40 for wide receivers. I have him outside my top 50 for wide receivers, oh my assuming gosh. Christian Watson returns. There's a little bit of a good and bad thing here with Romeo Dobbs. Okay. All right. Played really well in week one for fantasy purposes, right? Four catches, 26 yards, two touchdowns. Yep. But look at that line a little bit closer. Four for 26 and two touchdowns. He played under 50% of the snaps in week one. Now, he was also banged up. Adam Schefter told us on Sunday morning he's going to play a limited role. His role should expand this week in what I think will be a week. You know, he'll be healthier, right? Like that would be, be, that would stand to reason. Um, But if Christian Watson plays, Jordan Love had 15 completions last week. It's a different game, obviously. Their defense was so good. But who do they play this week? They play the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. In Atlanta, right? Uh, I believe it's in Atlanta, yes. So think about how you yeah. like. How do you imagine this game goes between these two teams? Like, what do you think Atlanta wants to do? They want to run the ball as much as possible to Correct. limit the clock. They yes. don't want Desmond Ritter to throw it unless they have to. Correct. And they want their defense to be out there being able to help, again, ball control. All the way around 1,000% degree. I think Green Bay can kind of match wits with Atlanta in that regard. So I think it's going to be a low-volume passing game for Jordan Love. So I think that if Christian Watson's available, I am not playing Romeo Dobbs. And if we get more reporting on Sunday that Watson's out, but Dobbs will continue to be limited, mm-hmm. I'm still not going to play him because you got lucky if you played him in week one. 48% of the snaps, four catches turned into a fantasy output of just a ridiculous 18.6 points. Yeah. If you started him, you kind of got lucky. You got I mean, super lucky, but that's right. that's part of fantasy football. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to dissuade you from that uh, that reality. Like it happens often, right? But it does uh, feel like the, the clock will strike midnight on Romeo Dobbs if Watson's back, or Romeo Dobbs is still limited. I'm interested to see how that plays out. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals field in Week One. Joshua Dobbs, their quarterback, scored point. Nine eight fantasy points at yeah. the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Now, when your quarterback only scores point nine point nine eight fantasy points, does that give you a lot of confidence to want to start the wide receivers from that team the following week? It does not. Okay. It's kind of borderline though for Hollywood Brown, and that's where we're at. That's the question. Three catches, twenty eight yards, plus one long rush for nearly thirty yards. So Hollywood Brown got six opportunities in Week One. They're kind of a disaster offense. Um, kind of is what really a nice polite. way of putting it, really right? So sweet, um, sweet of you. I think there was a thought process coming into the season that if Hollywood Brown was the clear cut number one guy on an offense, that just by being the number one option, that would be enough volume for him to be a top 30 ish wide receiver. Yep. I think that's plausible, but I think the upside is severely limited in this offense. So that's what I would say about Hollywood Brown is that he still hovers right around a flex consideration for me, a lower end flex consideration. Daniel, what's the upside though in this offense? 0.98 fantasy points last week for Josh Dobbs. 0.98. 0.98 fantasy points. So 
let's say that that number explodes all the way to like 10 fantasy points this week. Like, do you really think those 10 fantasy points are because Hollywood Brown has 150 yards and a touchdown? I don't. And that's part of the thing that's really tough now for me as an Antonio or Antonio Brown, as a Hollywood Brown manager is yeah. the fact that I drafted him likely thinking that Colt McCoy was going to help sustain at least a floor okay. of fantasy value yeah. for him. I don't know, especially after one week, that I have that same vibe with Joshua Dobbs. I don't know what I can do about it at this point. I mean, they're a mess. It's it's a tough one. They're a mess. They're team 32 of 32. Ideally, I want to go a different direction in the flex position at wide receiver if I can, rather than starting Hollywood Brown this week. Feel the same. Yeah, I mean, the upside's so limited. So limited. Are you buying this Kendrick Bourne game from week one? There are a couple of things I'm buying. I mean, I think he's a good player, right? I think that uh, Mac Jones is going to be a much more polished, refined. He's a, he's a capable quarterback, right? They had an actual offense in week one. And what happened? Mac Jones took for over 300 yards and was quarterback two on the week. Yep. Uh, but what I am uh, selling, because I have him as wide receiver 46, is mm-hmm. the idea that he can consistently emerge as the number one target in this Patriots offense. They went wide receiver by committee in week one. Let me read you the box score from week one in terms of the Patriots pass catchers and who got how much work okay and this is uh I'll, I'll try to be fast because there are a lot of players that caught passes players that caught a pass from uh, mac jones in week one six for kendrick Bourne, six for Ramondre stevenson five for hunter henry four for pop douglas three for mike Kosicki, four for juju smith schuster five for zeke two for ty montgomery kashawn booty had four targets as well so they had one two three four five six seven eight nine guys that had at least three targets in week one by contrast in that same game the eagles had three such players so it's a competition it's a committee in this new england passing uh passing game right now so um i think he's a smart bench dash right now I saw him added in quite a few leagues. He's, he is a good player. Like him not playing last year was nonsensical for the Patriots, but I think for now still has some work to do to cement himself as a starter in 10 team leagues. I agree. He's not a guy I'm looking at unless I am in a deeper league. If you're in, and this is where it becomes that conversation. You're in a 14, 16 team league. You're starting to have that conversation. of you got to find guys that are going to be, uh, he'll there. be started. In, like I was looking at it cause I play in your the war room, room which, yep. and it's like, he's a, like looking at the rosters. Like he's a clear cut starter based off of, I think the roster he's on. It's like, Oh yeah. Like he should be starting. He might be the better flex in their second flex. And the players on the bench are like absolutely non-starters Not as it pertains close. to Kendrick Bourne conversations. Yep. But in 10 or 12 team league, I would feel like it'd be a stretch right now. Okay. So then I think this next one's a really good conversation. Let's talk about DJ Moore. Yeah. Field Yates. These are all the players who had more targets from the Chicago bears in week one than DJ Moore. Rashawn Johnson, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, and Chase Claypool. Yeah. Chase Claypool actually had just as many as DJ Moore. Okay. You traded with the Carolina Panthers and made this huge thing about how this kid's going to come in and be the number one wide receiver for Justin Fields. In week one, he gets two targets, two catches, and 14 yards. It came early, by the way. It was like early, and then all of a sudden, it kind of like just immediately went away. You know, obviously a difficult week one for the Bears offense. Um, One of two things happens when you have that kind of performance as the Bears did in week one. One is it sustains and it's a problem mm-hmm. and this off season would be really compelling for the bears because they might have to make a Justin Fields decision in 2024. Yep. The alternative is you quickly realize just how much work you have to do while acknowledging that you have enough pieces in place now to be a capable offense and you get back on track in a hurry. 
DJ Moore is a part of the solution, not the problem. The problem in week one was I don't think just the offensive game plan, but also the fact that he got shadowed by Jair Alexander. Okay. Now, he could draw a Carlton Davis shadow this week. Mike has the wide receiver cornerback piece that will be up on ESPN.com shortly. That being said, Carlton Davis missed practice on Wednesday, toe injury. He's an excellent player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so that would make me feel a bit more optimistic. I was wondering if I was too low on DJ Moore during the preseason when I had him as like wide receiver 24 or something. Week one was discouraging. Mm -hmm. I'm optimistic it'll get right, but because of the potential for a shadow and some of the things that we saw in week one, I've got him as wide receiver 33. It was, I feel like discouraging is a really, again, a nice way to put it because the idea that Deontay Foreman out-targeted DJ Moore in really? week one. That's surprising just like, yeah. guys, what are we doing here in this offense? Like, how a, are we yeah, not manufacturing game. touches for DJ Moore? That's why you brought him here. Yeah, the strange part, too, for me as it pertains to uh, the Bears offense is that, like, I think Lou Getze can coach. I mean, he, I thought he did some good things last year with Justin Fields in a very different set of circumstances. I don't think this is one where the coordinator doesn't have what it takes to be the right visionary for an offense. So. Yeah. I was surprised all the way around by how that one unfolded. Me too. All right, let's move ahead and talk about the Saints wide receivers field. We saw these guys, like all of them were kind of involved. Chris Olave, yep. Michael Thomas was definitely involved early. Yes. And then we saw Rashid Shahid look fantastic, just like he did towards the end of last year. Is this a situation where the Saints can actually support three fantasy wide receivers? I'm going to say this. I don't think this is a situation where the Saints can support three fantasy wide receivers, okay. but there is at least a question right now around Rashid Shahid based on what he did at the end of last year and how he started in week one. It's a question that I know a lot of fantasy managers are asking. Okay. Would you think about him here in week two? The answer for me is no. I've got him as wide receiver 52, and there okay. are a couple of reasons why. Tell me why. Uh, he played 54% of the snaps in week one. So to have the day that he did that like efficiently, that's, that's tough to do over sure. and over and over again. Moreover, this was a game last week where the Saints could not run the ball at all. The Titans had the nastiest run defense in the NFL last year. Based off one game this year, it looks like they might have the exact same level of a nasty run defense. Yep. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave both played at least 78% of the snaps. Not going to lie, I kind of wish Chris Olave played like 98% of the I snaps, agree. not just 78% of the snaps, that. but he did ball out, obviously. Um, my answer is no. They played the Panthers on, on Monday. I think that they can run the football really effectively against the Panthers. I think they can move the football effectively enough on the ground that they won't have to throw it as much as they did in week one. So I'm fading Rashid Shahid three pass catchers in this offense. Like I'm not even certain that two wide receivers will be consistently relevant for fantasy. So I have him outside my top 50 for wide receivers, but definitely a bench dash right now because he can freaking fly and they clearly do want to get him the ball when he's on the field. I just don't know if a 50% playtime player can really be in a week two lineup. I'm with you on that. And I don't like, I'm not looking at Michael Thomas as a guy that I really want to start this week either. Really. It's just Chris Olave here for me in this wide receiving core, but there's an opportunity yeah. that if it was just one of these guys rather than both of them, that someone would emerge for fantasy value for us. Fantasy totally. Managers, 100% right? agree. Yep. So we'll keep watching that as we get deeper into the season. Let's talk about the running backs. Yeah. What on earth do you think that you should do with Jamal Williams? I think you should play him in week two. Uh, I, I mean, I think he's a consideration. I have him as a running back 25. So he he's 20, right on the fringe as an RB two. 20 touches in week one. I think. He did against again, nasty run defense. Mm -hmm. The Panthers are not nasty on run defense. We saw them last week get absolutely smothered by Tyler Algier and B. John Robinson. Yep. 
Jamal Williams should be in line for 15 to 20 rushing attempts this week. I think that's good enough. He can pay that off, obviously, with a touchdown. He had two catches last week, which isn't necessarily going to wow you. But last year in Detroit, as we know, it was like 17 carries, 18 carries, 19 carries with zero targets over a three-game stretch. I'm almost so, positive. No joke. I'm almost positive he had seven receptions for the entire that season. That sounds correct. Yeah, seven. So he is what? What's two divided by seven? Almost 30% of the yes. way there, We're already there just through one. one game. And yeah. he might not even play that much once Alvin Kamara is back. So I think he's a fringe RB2 this week because I do believe they'll move the football effectively against a Carolina defense that Derek Brown's an awesome player up front, but they're going to have a hard time slowing down the Saints running game on Monday night. He's one of those guys that you just don't, here we are in week two, mm-hmm. you don't really feel like excited about starting no, Jamal no, Williams. No, 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 no. There but are definitely higher upside players. No two ways about it. When you get 20 touches in an offense like this, though, like it's tough because you've got to find a way. You're looking for volume a yep. lot of times. Yep. So we like Jamal Williams as a low-end RB2 or a flex play. Do you sure. think that Isaiah Pacheco, after what he did in week one, is someone you could look at as a potential RB2 or flex player? Uh, here's a good example of one that I have him ranked a couple of slots lower than Jamal Williams, but I think the upside's way better for Isaiah Pacheco because if he told me that one of these two guys had 100 rushing yards on like 16 carries, it's definitely Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco also got four catches in week one on like designed passing game concepts, not like that was nice. Mahomes is under duress and just like, you know, flicks it and Pacheco is just sort of sitting there. That part I thought was really important. So I think Pacheco is also on that borderline as like an RB2. Uh, the discouraging part was that the Chiefs obviously relied on Clyde Edwards Delaire a little bit early. Uh, Jarek McKinnon played the most snaps, highest percentage of snaps amongst Chiefs running backs. Not a major surprise there. Um, but one touch. One, one for, for Jeremy. One touch yes. for Jeremy. One yeah. catch, yes. Uh, one catch for, I believe, 10, Ten yards. yards. Yes. Yeah. So, um, it's it's a committee here, right? Like the idea that one Chiefs running back is ever going to dominate touches or snaps, completely foreign. Never count on unless everybody else gets hurt. Uh, but Clyde Edwards Delaire was sick on Wednesday. If he's not available, that boosts Pacheco up a little bit. But playing under 50% of the snaps and handling just eight rushing attempts in week one, I think he's more like a 12 to 15 touch per game guy if he's going to stay that involved in the passing game than he is a 20 touch per game guy. They also are going to have to throw it a bunch on Sunday because they play the Jaguars. This could be a shootout city. Do you think... Do you think that we'll see more running back usage from the Chiefs than what we saw in week one? They only had 14 rushes and they were getting, this is not like me, you know, tied in the Detroit Lions, but like they, they, there was no room to run 14 rushes for 45 yards for all the running backs. Yeah. That's, that's not what I would typically expect for the Kansas city chiefs. I still feel like there is value somewhere in here, Mm. but I guess that my whole thought is Isaiah Pacheco seeing that passing game usage Mm -hmm. right in week one and understanding how much this offense struggled to run the football. Yeah. It makes me wonder you get Travis Kelsey back. You're able to open things up. And do we see a better version of this running game in week two than what we saw in week one? And I know I have Pacheco also outside my top. I think he's running back 24, 25 for me, but I think there's more value here than maybe I'm giving it credit for. So you're saying you think the Travis Kelsey impact could be not just on the passing game, but also on the running game. I think so. Because yeah, they, a little bit. The, the Lions, when you are, if if you go into that game as a defense and there's no Travis Kelsey. Make the running game beat you? Yeah, like I, I kind of, you're going to, well, I think especially after watching Kadarius Tony, you're definitely going to make the running game beat you. I mean, the Lions played that team at least in week one, the way that yeah. they needed to in order to win. So I just wonder that question. Yeah. Understanding the question marks around the, the wide receivers and what happens there. Okay. Um, 
I don't want yeah, to do a board bet on it, but I'm just I'm curious no, 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 how I'm that not, works. I, I don't feel strongly that like the uh, Chiefs running game will look dramatically different on Sunday. Um, I would say the the much more prominent focus will certainly be on the passing game. It That's what be. I can't wait for. No, I, I, th- I think it it's a massive game for. I, I just have a Patrick Mahomes feeling on Sunday. They're zero one. Backs are kind of against the wall because. Not that the AFC showed great in week one, but all of a sudden it feels like there is more openness to the AFC than in prior years. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a, I have a big game feeling for Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. I mean, <laughs> whoa, big limb there. Hey, yo, uh, <laughs> didn't we decide there's no such thing as a big limb? Oh yeah. Going out, yeah, on, a limb, out yeah. on a limb there. Um, right. But yes, uh, I do think, I think Mahomes and the chiefs just bounce back in a massive way because, um, it sucks to lose in week one, no matter which team you are, unless you're trying to tank for Caleb Williams. Hmm. Uh, but when you're the defending champs and there's so much hoopla surrounding them, but if you get 0-1 multiplied by the return of likely Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, huge week for Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. Totally agree. All right, let's talk about Javante Williams. Let's do it. Do you think he's going to be a lineup lock here in his second week? We watched him week one. Looked good. No, I am Samaj P. Ryan both like were utilized. Is that part of the reason why he's not a lineup lock? Is it's because Samaj P. Ryan was used to? It's not. Like it's close to a lineup. Like I've got him as RB twenty one, so I'm not down okay. on Javante Williams. I just um, I thought it was. So, I mean, as I said yesterday, wildly impressive to be back on the field. Yes, that soon after that catastrophic of an injury. But the, like, Samaj P. Ryan played a lot, as you said yesterday. Looked pretty solid. This morning, uh, I'm sorry, yesterday, Sean Payton was talking about Jaleel McLaughlin needing to get more opportunities because what the Broncos seem to really lack, and part of this is because there's no Jerry Judy as well, but like, who's the most explosive player on the Broncos offense right now? That's active and actually playing? Yeah. Adam Troutman? I, I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. I mean, he's the, the Joker. So I really don't, like, I don't Dulcich, think that. But he's, he's hurt now. So like, it's like crazy. Yeah. I think that they want more explosive plays, which is why Sean Payton brought up Julian McLaughlin Mims? yesterday. It would be Marvin Mims. They need more of him, too. So, yes, I agree with you. Like, your indecision on this answer tells me what I'm, right. uh, like, sort of trying to convey. So, wouldn't stun me if we see a little bit more Jaleel McLaughlin. A little bit more. A little more. And I've got... I've got Javante at running back 21. I just, I don't think the workload gets decidedly larger mm-hmm. and four catches was good. Mm-hmm. Five t- yards was not good, right? Four catches, five yards on six targets. Like that to me was dump off city much more than like, let's draw something up here for Javante. I've got him every 21. I don't want to sound like I'm crushing him. I'm just not quite there where it's like, I see a ton of upside right now for Javante Williams. I think part of that is because of the way that they split snaps. Williams had 28 snaps. Samaj P. Ryan had 26. Yeah. I don't think they're willing just to let Javante go out and be the guy alone yet. Which I can't blame them, right? No. They can't blame him for that. So even though, and even though right now in week two, yep. Ideally, we might want them to do that for us as fantasy managers. Just unlock Javante Williams. Sure. If we want him to be healthy for a full season. We don't. You don't really want that. Yes. If you drafted him, you want him to be around for the full season. Sure. All right, one more question on these running backs. Do you think that you can start both of these, these Detroit Lion running backs in week two? I think, there are, I think there are people who are going to not start Jameer Gibbs after what happened in week That's one. That's ridiculous. Is, yeah, I know. Um, this is where you got to take a moment and settle. Mm-hmm. And just took a big step back and look at these things. Okay. Okay. Jameer Gibbs gets you eight fantasy points. Mm -hmm. That sounds bad, right? Yep. What would you say is a number that you're kind of like, yeah, if he averaged that per game, that's pretty darn solid. Is it 14 points, 15 points, 16 points? Solid. I would say, I would say 14 points is solid. Okay. And like 
very good, then it's like 16 or 17. 16, 17 plus. And then like elite would be 20. 20 plus. Okay. Yep. So if you're looking for very good, if he gets double the points he got in week one, that would be very good. Yep. He played 27% of the snaps. That number could easily double at some point, right? Maybe yes. it was 30%. But the point is that like he could double his snap usage at some point sooner than later. Dan Campbell said it's going to be more and more of Jameer Gibbs as the season goes on. The eye test certainly tells you that this is a player who is the most explosive back and probably the explosive, most explosive, he's, probably, he's the most explosive player on the roster. There's, I mean, he's so freaking fast. Let me say this. David Montgomery, and I love David Montgomery, three and a half yards per rush. Totally. Jameer Gibbs, six yards per carry in week one. He also had 4.4 yards after first contact. Yeah, he's awesome. He looked explosive. Like you said, the eye test, everything about Jameer Gibbs far and away looks like the better running back. So you have to put, decide this. Are you willing to put your faith in Ben Johnson? If you're willing to put your faith in Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, then he should not just be starting, but he should be the higher ranked Lions player. If you told me that if we simulated week two a hundred times, I would tell you that, and you told me that like one of the two Lions running backs reached 12 fantasy points. I would say like, you know, 70% of the time that's David Montgomery and 30% of the time it's, it's uh, Jameer Gibbs. But if you also did that same number of simulations and you told me that a Dolphins, I'm sorry, a Lions running back, I keep saying Dolphins, a Lions running back reached 20 fantasy points yep, 15 times out of those 100 simulations, I'd say, yeah, Jameer Gibbs was 14 of those 20 fantasy points. Yep. So that's how you have to look at it, in my opinion. You have to put your faith here in Ben Johnson. Is it a bit daunting? Yes. But the number doesn't even have to be 55 or 60% of the snaps. He could play on 45 Forty percent of the snaps, and just get a like a couple more targets and rip one long one, and all of a sudden that could be you know fourteen fifteen points because in a league that is full of the rarest athletes in the world, it took me like four plays to realize that Jameer Gibbs was different than almost every other player on that field. You can see with the Lions the lack of speed that they have in other areas, and I don't want to be negative about them, but like Jameer Gibbs came in and just looked immediately faster than everyone else on that offense. If he doesn't trip up at the goal line and gets in the end zone, I think we're having a different conversation. We are. Then then he scored 14 points his first week. And we're having a totally different conversation. So different on the Jameer Gibbs conversation. All right. We We have time for one question. I think we're going to take some email questions. Field at fantasy fantasyfocus.org questions right. thoughts you want to tell us about daniel's beard and what kind of oil he should be using you want to send us your favorite recipe for your football sundays do it field at fantasyfocus.org keep firing away there all right so let's see what we got here for this first question or the only question that we have for today it comes from our buddy william wants to know who do i flex in a 12 team standard zero ppr league two running backs two wide receivers one flex so it's pretty standard with us deandre swift Jamal Williams, Brian Robinson, or DeAndre Hopkins? Okay, so he needs one flex. Zero PPR league. Does that mean not PPR? That means non-PPR. Yep. So uh, I saw DeAndre Swift, Jamal, Jamal Williams, Williams, DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. And who is the third? Can we throw that net, that tab up there one more time? Okay, Brian Robinson. Okay. DeAndre Swift is out. I think it comes down to Jamal Williams or Brian Robinson. I'm totally with you. And I'm going to go with Jamal Williams here. Really, I would probably go with Brian Robinson. Okay, so it's but I have those guys ranked pretty closely. Uh, here's the good news: is that they kind of get there in the same way, right? Yes, They're they both very, very volume dependent runners. Yep. Um, I think Robinson's more talented. I think Jamal Williams might have a 
better matchup on Sun on I'm sorry, he plays Monday, so whatever, Monday. Week two. So I will flip towards Jamal Williams in the slightest of edges. Ooh, and that, yeah, I'm going up against Denver with Brian Robinson yeah. there. I'll tell you what though, do you want to do another board bet? Why not? It's a non PPR board bet. You wanna? I uh, that's uh- yeah, all right, let's do it. Why not? Let's do it. Let's right. close the show with another I bet. say Brian Robinson is scores more fantasy points in week two than Jamal Williams. I say Jamal Williams outscores Brian Robinson in week two. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. Obviously talking non-PPR. Yeah, you non-PPR. know what's going to happen? We're going to look at the PPR rankings, and I'm going to be like, oh, I won, and then realize that it was not a PPR. No, you know what's going to be hilarious, though, is it's going to be like, one of them scores like 4.1 and the other scores 3.95. We'll be like, yeah, baby. Remember that, uh, the old Beamer ball, like that, that, that great graphic that goes around on Twitter, like every so often where it's like the ugliest game of all time takes place. Frank Beamer, longtime Virginia Mm -hmm. tech head coach holding his arms up because Virginia tech walked off with like a six, three win over wake forest and devil overtime. Great. Love it. I love sports. Isn't it best. just great that football is back? Makes me so happy. I love being able to watch so football. Happy. Yeah. Hey, make sure you get together with someone sooner or later to watch one of these games. Thursday night football, Monday night football, Sunday night football, just a whole Sunday. Like football is more fun when you hang out with your friends while you're doing it. So make sure you go find somebody to watch some football with them. All right. Hey that's going to do it for us today. We love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to have Field and I with yeah, Mike yeah, Clay yeah, yeah, yeah. and Stefania Bell getting you all set up for everything you need for week two. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned that. We cannot wait to see you guys next week. Who have taking fun. Tonight? Who taking tonight? Watching Thursday Night Football. Eagles or Vikings? Field. Come on. I'm taking the Eagles. E-A-G. Wait, did they do that? L-E-S. Sure, why not? Fly, Eagles, fly. There we go. That's, That's what, what I was thinking of. Fly, Eagles, fly. I'm a really <laughs> not smart person. Justin. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Eagles. Eagles big tonight. Eagles big. I'm with you. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. What? What are you doing? I don't know. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles, Our Eagles, director. Eagles. <laughs>